When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kahn Report wherever you get your podcasts. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Today, it's just me and you folks as I explain why I picked Tennessee offensive lineman Darnell Wright in our ESPN NFL Nation mock draft that was televised earlier tonight on, tu- on Tuesday night. You can, by the way, for the draft, a couple things you need to know, and I'll get to my explanation of right in a minute. For ESPN.com, I'll do an analysis of after every pick. So there's going to be pros and cons, how they fit in, et cetera. So you can find all that stuff on ESPN.com. You can go to the Washington Commanders homepage or just go to the front page. There'll be plenty of draft stuff you can get there and you can find all the analysis there. For the podcast, I will be doing an analysis after each each day. So after the first round, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the Commanders and I will be, we'll tape a podcast. We'll have it out later that night. I'll do another one Friday after rounds two and three and after we talk to Ron Rivera and Mark Mayhew and then another one Saturday. And then the following week and the following week and weeks, we'll be getting to a lot of analysis over the commander's picks, about the commander's picks, talking to college coaches, talking to um, draft analysts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So stay tuned for all that. A lot more speculation uh, about how they're going to fit in and how they will fit for the season, et cetera. But that's the fun stuff, folks. So why did I pick Darnell Wright? Well, let me start with Andrew Wiley, because I think he plays a big part in all this and his versatility allows Washington the flexibility to go in a couple of different directions with this pick. They don't have to go get a guy because they like Wiley at right tackle. They have Sadiq Charles and Chris Paul. They like at left guard. Andrew Norwell still on the roster. But every time I talk to them, it's Charles and Chris Paul. Doesn't bode well for Andrew Norwell anyway. So they do want someone to fill left guard. They do have those two young guys, but Charles gets hurt a lot. Chris Paul's still raw. You can keep them in backup roles and feel pretty good about your depth. But with Wiley, you don't have to get a tackle. You don't have to get a guard. You can get the guy you like best and then move the pieces accordingly. That's why they like the position flexibility. They did sign Wiley with the intent of playing that right tackle, knowing they can, they can put Sam Cosby inside and they can put Wiley to, let, to guard as well if they needed to. What this would do is create a situation where you have good guard, what they hope would be really good guard play. I think both Cosme and Wiley could be certainly certainly starting right tackles, but probably better at guard for this team. And that makes them better for Sam Howell. And I say that because they would kind of be trying to mimic the New Orleans system when they had quarterback Drew Brees, a shorter quarterback, but they had good guards. So they're able to keep the the defensive line from 
always pushing them back. I mean, even like last year, there are too many times where those guards are getting pushed back. So even if they don't give up a sack, they're giving up pressure. They're not, they're not enabling the quarterbacks to create and see good passing lanes. That's what New Orleans did for Breeze. Breeze is about the same size as Sam Howell. That's what they need to do for Sam Howell. So start with that flexibility. Now, why Darnell Wright? Well, first of all, in this draft, the top, the other three, well, the top Three other linemen were taken. It depends on whether you, you think Skaronsky is a guard or a tackle. And it just depends who you talk to. Paris Johnson from Ohio State, gone. Broderick Jones, gone. So I went with the with the fourth best tackle, but I think it's a, a definitely a tackle that they like. And so I think that so he makes sense for them. They, you know, they like his size, they like his versatility, they like his strength. And you should like all that stuff. He was better as a right tackle for Tennessee. And that's where I think he would be fit, would fit best. He could play guard. I wouldn't put him at left tackle, but I think at right tackle, then you can take Wiley and put him to guard Wiley Cosme. And then you got the young guy out at the right side in, in Darnell Wright. Good footwork in pass protection. And I really liked his strength there. He did an excellent job against um, Will Anderson from Alabama, BJ Ojolari from LSU. Two guys, certainly Anderson, a top 10 pick Ojolari, is a guy that will go, you know, certainly in, in the top two rounds, maybe early in the second round, wherever. In other words, a legitimate professional, a, a legitimate pro. And and Darnell Wright did well against both those guys. And he did well in part because of that strength and his and he, good footwork. There were times definitely against Anderson, for example, where he was able to stun him with his punches. And I think that's something that it gives him the ability then, you know, you'd see that like Trent Williams could do that. When Trent was first starting off, he wasn't great with his techniques, but he could stun a guy and it allowed him to then catch up with his feet. So I think you get, it, get, it buys you that time and that advantage. And that's something when I watch some other guys like Osiris Torrance, a guard, I didn't see that same kind of play strength when in, in pass protection. And I also didn't like how he opened his hips a lot and then gave, I think, you know, I think when you face guys that you do in the NFL, I think they're going to be some learning curves for him at that spot, like, like him as a run blocker a lot. Anyways, then when you get off stride there, but with Wright, I think he does a really good job in that area. And it's why I think he'd be a good pick for them. <clears throat> Again, size, length, versatility gives you all of that. And it fits in well with what this team likes to have. I do, do believe they like him. Now, would they take him there based on the scenario that I was presented? I think they would, but I don't, I can't say for sure. I don't know. I certainly don't know everything in this draft in our mock draft. B. John Robinson was gone. I don't think they would have taken him there. I do know that, you know, how much they like Brian Robinson. And keep in mind, like Brian Robinson was shot. So the guy we saw last year was just starting to scratch the surface of what I think he's going to be for them. Not that I think he's going to be, I think Bijan Robinson is going to be really good. And I think if you don't have him, I, you know, certainly it would be a guy you think you would jump on, but you do have him. And I think then it comes down to value. And so even if you have that guy rated a little bit higher, than what some other guys you might take there, the positional value then comes into play. And then what else can you get later in the draft? So if you need a tackle, and if you if those other guys are gone, you're gonna you you need to, you kind of want to get this guy. Now they do, I think, I think they do like Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. You could get him a little bit later. And you know, but do you want to wait? I think that's that's where it gets a little bit Anton Harrison, another guy that you could get a little bit later if you traded back. So, but in this scenario, that's why I went there. Now, the other guys that were there, I'm going to tell you, you know, Dalton Kincaid was gone. I would not have taken him there because I think there's there's value at tight end after that first round. 
I do think he'd be intriguing because he certainly could be a very good weapon for you. But I do think there's some good weapons beyond the first round that you can get there if you really wanted to address that spot. Some other guys that were there, Will Levis was there. I don't think I don't think they do that. Um, Joey Porter Jr. was there. I don't think they do that either because I don't think he I don't think he's viewed as a scheme fit for what they do in their zone match. Really good press man corner. But this, there, there are questions about how he would handle zone and the zone match system. It would, certainly is very different. And I think those of you who think they got burned by William Jackson III, I think you're right. Doesn't mean that you don't apply that. You have to apply it to each individual. But I think they want to make sure that a guy can do it versus hoping that they can teach the guy to do it. And I think that's, you know, so I think there, I don't, I don't think that's the only reason they wouldn't take him, but I think that's a big consideration for that. And I think, you know, you look, you can like Deontay Banks was there, still would take the tackle. Cause I think you can get good corners in the second round. If you're, when you're at this spot, I think there's a, a, when you're at the spot with the corners, I think you can get similar guys, maybe a little bit later or guys that you like a little bit later, Emmanuel Forbes. I really like him. I think he's a smart corner. I know Fred Smoot loves him. I had Fred Smoot on a couple of weeks ago to talk about the defensive back. So if you didn't hear that, go listen to it and why he and I both like Forbes. He made plays. And, but I, what I liked about is how, why he made plays. He made plays because he's around the ball a lot. He made plays because there were some bad throws, but he also made plays because I think he's a smart corner and the way he played the routes and it comes from film study and smarts. I think he's got that. So that's a guy, but I don't think at six, I don't think at 16 that that'd be the guy. I'll be honest, man, the guy that I really, really like at corner. And I think the guy that they would fit them to a massive T is Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. I don't think there's any way that he gets down to 16. Now, is he a guy that you'd move up for? I think you'd, I think you'd, I think he's a guy that they would consider. Like, I think there's a gap in there. I'm just going to guess here that there's a gap to me between him and then some of the other corners um, in the, in the first round, especially. So would you move up for him? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that'd be an awfully aggressive play to do that. So, and how high would you be willing to go up to get a corner when you know you can get a corner in this draft beyond or at your pick and then beyond. And even if you move back, you could still get a guy there. So, but I think he's a guy that I think he's a guy they'd be awfully excited to get. So if he's sitting there at 16, I think you're going to see some speed records with guys delivering the card to the podium. Um, and, you know, we'll see, but that's a corner that I really like. Cause I think he fits, he, he fits a lot of what they want in both pr- in being physical, how he plays the run. I think he sets a tone. I love his story zero-star recruit out of high school, um, you know, goes to Illinois, one power five offer, makes himself into a really good player. But again, he has to be there. So, and, you know, I just, man. Did you know the largest ropes course in Zipline Park in the country is right here in the DMV? Located in the heart of Montgomery County, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring combines climbing and ziplining to create an aerial obstacle course unlike any other. With challenges anywhere from 10 to 75 feet in the air, there is something for all skill levels. Looking for some family time or the perfect date night before football season starts? You can even climb and zip line under the stars. Would you rather keep your feet on the ground? Give axe throwing a try. With their projector systems, you can throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's KIME, K-E-I-M, 23DC. 
So there you have it, folks. Climbing, zip lining, axes, food, and bonfires right in your backyard. The weather is warming up, so it's the perfect time to head outside and join the adventure at www.theadventurepark.com. That's www.theadventurepark.com and enter promo code KIME23DC. I think another guy that would to me be intriguing is, is Paris Johnson. He wasn't there in our draft. What if he's there in the real draft? Um, he's a very good athlete, very good athlete, really good footwork. I think he needs to work a little bit more on his hand placement. When you get in trouble, it's usually with those hands. I think that's something you can work on with him, but he also has that positional versatility. You could draft him and put him at right tackle and put, uh, you can put Wiley in at left guard and then maybe move Paris Johnson over to left tackle next year if you part ways with Charles Leno. So I think, there, but he, but he is a really good athlete. And I think he'd be really good in that zone, that zone blocking system for them and getting out in space and, and doing some damage. I think he'd be a good guy for them. I don't know that he would be there. And again, are there any of these guys that you would move up for? And any would this team move up for? They haven't been that aggressive in the past. So would they do that? Um, it would be a bold move. But you're also going into a year where you really need to get somebody who can help you right now and play at a high level. So um, I think I think I think ideally for them, you add picks in rounds two and three. Because that's there's a lot of strength in this draft and for areas that they would like to go to address. And I think here's the other thing. So let's look at some of the other positions where I think they could go. We talked about corner. We talked about offensive line. And I think um, safety is, a, is, a, is a definitely a position they want. They want to get some help at Buffalo Nickel for Cam Curl. They would like to resign him. What if they don't? Then you want that replacement. You can get that replacement too next year. I think a big factor here is trying to protect Cam Curl, maximize his value. We know what he means to them when he's on the field. He means everything to them. Keep him on the field. One way to do that is to get another guy who can play that Buffalo nickel. So that that would be a prior. I think that's a priority in this draft. Where that means they take him, I don't know, because I had heard earlier a few weeks ago that I think that they feel like there's some guys lower in the draft, later in the draft, that while it may not be as deep a draft as some others have seen in recent years, one area that they that the feeling is that it is deep is in the safeties who could play that hybrid safety linebacker role. And again, limit some of that wear and tear on Cam Curl. Keep him on the field. So that's a guy that could Brian Branch do that? I think they're, you know, I've talked to some who say, yeah, and the other time, like, you know, maybe he's just more of a free safety, really good player, smart. And I think he, but, you know, is I think, I don't know, that I'm not sold that he would be that guy for that role. Maybe they are. I know, you know, I do think they like him. To what degree? I don't know. You know, they're not, again, they don't tell you everything, folks. Um, as much as you like, I'd like to believe they do, they don't, and they shouldn't. So there you go. I, but I do know that Buffalo Nickel is a spot that they absolutely want to fill. Linebacker, another spot they want to fill. We know that they've been on that quest for a couple of years. I do think they would have, the year they took Jamin Davis, there was another linebacker they liked that I think they would have taken in the third round had he stayed there. But, you know, I think the guy they'd like that year, they, so my point is they would have taken another guy even when they took Jamin Davis. So they know that they still need another guy, even though they signed Cody Barton. They did lose Cole Holcomb. They want to add another guy there. Some of those linebackers in the second round, one guy that I like is Jack Campbell from Iowa. Very productive, just a solid, solid guy to starter. I think he fits their kind of their mentality, their mold. And then you got like, you know, then I think the other part with the linebacker for them is 
do they feel like there's some there's some guys who are considered a three four linebacker, so more of an edge rusher, but could they play linebacker in their system and off the ball linebacker? Could a guy like a Will McDonald, a BJ Ojolari, who rush with their hands in the dirt, could they be an off the ball linebacker and other downs as well? That's something they would have to determine. I think the Henley guy from Washington State's an interesting guy if you go a little bit later at maybe in the third fourth round. So, but I think that I think I do think that's a spot they would like to fill. And 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 get some more help there for Jamin Davis and Barton and just add depth there. They need more bodies there who can play, not just bodies, but guys who can play, who can threaten to be a starter and and, and add to the competition at that position. So there's none of those, you know, I mean, it's gonna be Jamin Davis, obviously, but Barton, you know, he's coming off. He did all right. Is he a sending player or is he just a guy? We'll find out. Add more bodies there. That's a definite. Uh um, I think they'd like to get another running back. Quarterback would be interesting. Hendon Hooker is a guy that they clearly um, have liked. They brought him in for a visit. There's definite interest there. I, you know, you're not taking him at 16. If the sweet spot to me, if he falls to you and you have the, in the you have, you're, you still have your pick in the third round, that'd be beautiful to get him there. I think that'd be. I don't know that you can. I don't buy that he's a, a lock first round pick at all because that ACL like. I don't think he's going to play this year. So just getting him for that fifth year is it you're getting a guy who probably won't play. So is it really worth to get that fifth round, that fifth year option? If you're going to do that, why not just wait till next year and get a quarterback that you like? I think the difference is that people would feel like you're getting a higher level quarterback than you would. And that's why you try to do it. Maybe you get another pick in the second round where you can um, feel like you can play a little bit with that pick and get him there. They do like Sam Howell. We've told you all that. But I think with 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 if you go for Hendon Hooker, you're kind of subscribing to the Ron Wolf philosophy is you can never address that position enough. And if he and if Howell hits, great. You have a, you could have a really good quarterback situation. If Howell doesn't hit, you got a guy. If they both hit, then you could trade one of them. And 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 now you're you're even in an even better spot. So it just gives you options, and it is such an important position that I think you have to keep attacking it until you know you have that guy. And even when you do. Again, you can still draft guys. They don't have to be first-round picks all the time like Aaron Rodgers was when he was when they had Brett Favre, but you can still get a guy third, fourth, fifth round that maybe you can develop. Look at what the Niners did. They traded for Trey Lance. They had Garoppolo. They had a Brock Purdy. Turned out to be a really good quarterback in their system. So that's why you always keep attacking that position. And so, that, But that's the guy that I think I'd be interested in. I think like there's questions about him because in the offense he played, it was more of a half field read. I've heard really good things about him in the interviews and on the board. I think that's important. And that's why I think teams will be may draft him higher than what they would another guy in his same position because he was impressive on the board. So um, I think they would like to get a defensive end at some point in this draft. And I don't blame them. And it's not just because they might want to replace those guys, but you do want to get another guy in that rotation. And I think could, because you have to face the reality, can you keep both Montez Sweat and Chase Young? I think that's a big question. So I do think they could look to add a defensive end at some point in this draft. There's some good guy. I think there's some players that they would like beyond that first round. You know, Miles Murphy would be a first round guy. Um, who else? There's, but he would be a first round guy. So there are other guys, I think, lower in the draft that would it be enticing for them because it is considered a good draft. There's some good defensive ends beyond that first round and, you know, guys who can set that edge. And that's what they certainly like that. And that's what Montez Sweat does very, very well on the other side. 
Because then it comes down to with Chase Young, you got that fifth year option coming up. And if you're not sure what you're going to do, um, and, and again, to me, by this point, if you haven't said you're going to do it, it's kind of telling. And I think they would love to have a motivated Chase Young and have the productive year that they feel he can have when when pushed to go get that contract. So, you know, anyway, there's something to think about. Um, the other spot is cornerback. And I went over a couple of these guys. You know, again, I like Forbes a lot. And and I think, I mean, I love Devin Witherspoon. I it just, he's the guy that like in January, he was the guy that I really said, like, if you want a corner, that to me is the guy you go get. We'll see what they can do. But if you don't go, if you don't get a guy in the first round there, then you get, you have, I think there's good depth at that position in this draft. And there's, you know, you have um, one thing. And one thing that I had an agent that I dealt with over the years who does his own little, um, projections based on his intel, right? And based on talking to teams and how he sees things going. And there were like, I want to look at corner because cornerback, there's he had, according to his projections, based again, based on his conversation with teams, he has like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, six cornerbacks in the second round that, that, that he feels could go there. DJ Turner from Michigan is one of my, I'd keep an eye on him because he can play in the slot as well. I think that would entice Washington quick, fast. And so I think that's a guy like Tim Cam Smith, who in, in this chart was projected as like a high third, um, maybe late second round pick would be a guy from South Carolina. And, you know, Keely Ringo from Georgia, another guy that was in, in that second round range, so I think, you know, there's some interesting guys there in that second round that you could target um, if you're Washington and you wanted to go get a corner and you don't get one in the first round. That's that's a spot that you could you can look to address over there. So there you go, folks. And again, tight ends. I think Luke Musgrave is a guy, if you don't get, none, get one in the first round, he's a guy that you could look at. There's a tight end from ODU. That's another guy you could look at because I think, you know, I could see them wanting to go in that direction at some point because – while you have guys that I think you like, are you done there? Sam Laporta from Iowa, another guy that you could look at if, um, you know, depending on how he checks out. And I think, you know, there's just, there's a few guys there if you feel you need to go there. And, and I think what they feel is that you don't have to do that. But if you can upgrade any spot, you got to upgrade any spot because you're A8-1, you haven't had a winning season since what, 2016? You got to do something. You got a new ownership coming in. You got to win. So you do what it takes to get those guys who can help you win and guys worth developing, but guys that you feel can be productive for you this year as well. So there you go. That's my draft stuff for you. Um, again, I'll be back after the first round is done on Thursday night with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders. We'll record a podcast talking about whoever their first round pick is. And then whoever, um, with whatever they do in, on Friday, we'll come back. I'll come back and talk with you about that. Just give you whatever intel I've gathered on those players. And then after we talk to Ron Rivera and Mark Mayhew, I'll put that out and I'll put another one out on Saturday to kind of wrap up that day as well, because I think there'll be some interesting uh, players that they take there and some interesting um, spots that they take there. And we'll wrap up the draft. And then I'm going to have some analysts come on over the next week, weeks, to talk about what Washington has done and some picks in particular and the overall drafts and then bring on college coaches, all that good stuff. So stay tuned for all that beyond the draft. But again, Thursday night, I'll be back with Brian Weinstein, the voice of the commanders, talking about the first round picks. So, see you next time. <laughs>